Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. And in this episode, we're going to reveal the truth about Roswell. That strange, almost ethereal sound you can hear has long been a feature of this quiet corner of South Mims, a small village in the Hertfordshire countryside here in England. The usual explanation for it is that it's the sound of the machinery housed in a large barn just over the fence there and near the old farm cottage. This is Roswell Farm, South Mims. It's the residence of Idor and Nina Fjaldal, who run the Intergalactic Confectionery Company, which has just launched a retro line of flying saucers. Oh, um, I can see one of the farm managers coming toward me. Hello there, young fella. You got some business with this here farm, have you? Well, uh, actually, I'm from the university. Who are you now? Uh, we're making a podcast. Well, you can't do that here. This here is private land. Uh, we're interested in the flying saucers. Ah, right. Yeah, they're tasty little sweet bites, they are. I remember it was a kitty. Pink and blue and white wafers with zesty sweet stuff inside them. New ones taste just the same. But you can't stay here. This is private property, my lad. Would it be possible to talk to either Nina or Idor Fjaldal uh, for our little radio show? Radio? I thought you were doing some peapod thing. Uh, actually, it's a podcast. It's like a radio show. I don't know about any newfangled things like that. But radio, you say? You from the BBC? Uh, almost. Well, I'll put in a word for you. Actually, do you remember when the Fjaldals arrived here at Roswell Farm? No, that was before I was born. Do I look that old? <laughs> My pa, though, he remembered them. I come from Norway, he said, after the war. Which makes them very ancient. Well, those Norwegians live long lives, they do. It's all them fjords and trolls and uh, seal blubber. But they arrived in mysterious circumstances, didn't they? Now, my lad, don't you go believing all those silly stories that those anorak train sputter types keep putting on the computer and the Twitter and the YouTube you television thing. But the rumours have been very persistent over the years. This Roswell ain't nothing to do with that Yank Roswell, that's different. And if you start with all that alien stuff, there's no chance the Fyodorals will talk to you. I see, I see. Well, we're actually more interested in the confectionery, the sweets, or as the Americans say, the candy. Those flying saucers are delicious. I'll put in a word for you. Now, you'd better go home. It's getting dark. You wouldn't want to be caught out on a night like this. What with the stars the way they are tonight? <laughs> oh. That last remark by Archie was intriguing. He referenced the way the stars were aligned that night. And yes, when you looked up into the darkening sky, you could see the faint streaks of light of a meteor shower. Fragments of rock as old as the solar system, perhaps as old as the universe, were skipping across the outer reaches of our atmosphere. That night was one when anyone fascinated by unidentified flying objects, UFOs, just might see something that could be an alien visitation. But of course, it didn't happen that night, and it hasn't happened since. And, well, it's never happened to me. 
and deep down, I'm a sceptic. For all the sci-fi movies and all the websites and YouTube channels speculating about UFOs and how governments around the world have covered up evidence of extraterrestrial visitations, I'm not convinced that any of it is real. But then I spoke to Grayson Humboldt III. He runs the Toto Institute for Technology and Social Sciences in rural Indiana, an institution which is twinned with South Mims University. And he has a potentially shocking theory, not just about what happened at Roswell Farm in South Mims, but what happened at the rather more famous and notorious Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. Okay, adjust it to the right by 12 degrees. That's it. That's it. Uh, Grayson, Grayson, hello. Um, is it a good time to talk? It's always a good time to talk to my colleagues over there in South Mims. Always a good time. Hold on for a moment, though, will you? You need to have that pointed right in the center of the Milky Way. Yeah. Use the coordinates I gave you. Okay, okay, I'm ready. Uh, before we hear your theory about Roswell... Oh, it's not a theory. It's a fact. It's a fact. I can prove it. Well, I'm sure you can, but for the sake of our listeners... Sure, sure. But first, did you go visit the farm? Roswell Farm? Yes, and uh, I was brushed off. Not surprising. They've been there for 77 years and no one's put two and eight together. Uh, don't you mean two and two? Yes, but I was slipping a bit of Cockney rhyming slang in there for your British listeners. That's because my conclusion will cause a bit of a two and eight. That is upset and worry for the Fjeldhals who run that farm and for the entire world. Well, how is that, Grayson? We'll get to that. First, we need to go back to 1947. Back to New Mexico, you mean? Back to the United States in general. You've got to understand, this was a time just after the end of the Second World War. And it's in the shadow of those great mushroom clouds that rose over two Japanese cities in August 1945. It's a time of profound relief that the war was over, but also profound unease about the gathering Cold War in the Soviet Union and the prospect of nuclear conflict breaking out at any time. Add the fact that more information was coming about Nazi rocket programs, and the scientists who worked on the V-1 and V-2 rockets were now working for the Americans, as well as the development of jet aircraft, and you got a global 2 and 8, global unease and worry about total annihilation. Is that why people started seeing UFOs? It's part of the story. It's a big part of the story. Suddenly, and it was sudden, I mean, we're talking two months in 1947, June and July 1947, and there's a sudden bloom of what came to be called flying saucer sightings. Was it really that sudden? It was. June 24th, 1947, a 32-year-old pilot called Kenneth Arnold was flying a small Call Air A2 prop plane near Mount Rainier in Washington State when he saw something that, at first, looked like glare from another plane. But then it turned with great speed, and Arnold said he saw nine objects flying in perfect formation and at tremendous speed, faster than anything he'd ever seen before in his over 4,000 hours of flying. At first, he thought they were a new kind of missile. The objects didn't have wings. They were sleek and otherworldly, and the way they moved made him believe they were traveling at incredible speeds, like almost 2,000 miles an hour. And did these fast-moving objects look like saucers? That's what he said to a reporter for the East Oregonian, which was a small newspaper in the state. It still is, and it still exists. Okay, so he told a reporter that they looked like saucers. He said, quote, saucer-like objects. The reporter quoted him, and it caught on. 
You've got to remember that there were memes back in the 1940s, too. Things went viral in the old days just as they do today. But it took weeks and months rather than minutes. Arnold's story caught on, and the idea of the flying saucers had been born. Well, that's amazing. It is. And then in July, on the 8th of July to be precise, the Roswell Daily Record, which also still exists, reported that a saucer had been recovered from a farm there in Roswell. An unidentified rancher had told Sheriff George Wilcox that it had appeared on his ranch. Wilcox informed a local air army base and a Major Jesse Marcel inspected the recovered craft. So they had an actual UFO. Don't get ahead of yourself. That's what was alleged. Marcel refused to release any details or speculate. The Roswell Daily reported that two locals, Mr. and Mrs. Dan Wilmot, whom the paper emphasized were the most quote, the most respected and reliable citizens in town, described how they were sitting on their porch on July 2nd and saw a fast-moving, large glowing object zip overhead. They said it looked oval in shape like two inverted saucers. Ah, saucers. And this is a month after the first use of that term. What came first, the saucer or the UFO? Well, they arrived together, at least in the public consciousness. Did they add any detail to the description? They did. They added that they looked like two old-type washbowls. Oh, right. Well, I can see why flying washbowl didn't catch on. Yeah, but the Roswell incident is what really made the flying saucer meme go viral. And by viral, I mean global. But wasn't the debris that was found shown to be a weather balloon? Sure, that's right. But that was too mundane for a world in a state of high anxiety. It was almost as if there was a collective hallucination going on. On July 9th, another Roswell resident managed to take the first, quote, picture of a flying saucer. William Rhodes said he'd seen it flying south over his house, and it banked into a series of right turns at about 1,000 feet and then disappeared into the western sky at great speed. But not until he got a grainy image of it. Which I suppose also went viral. It did. And that's why Roswell became a name synonymous with UFOs and the supposed cover-up of all kinds of things, such as a crashed alien craft with dead aliens and, well, you know the rest. It's become part of the modern American folklore. The myth of Roswell really took off in the 1980s with the publication of a book about the incident by William Moore and Charles Berlitz. Suddenly, the testimony of Jesse Marshall turned into a story about exotic extraterrestrial materials and alien corpses. Well, that's all fascinating. But what's it got to do with Roswell Farm here in South Mims? It's got everything to do with it, old chap. Well, explain. Hold on. It's time. It's time. Time for what? The meteor shower. Look out your window. It's happening over South Mims now. Is it? Can you see it from Toto in Indiana? Sure we can. It's going east to west, but you can see it best. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to, going to look out the window. Hold on. Well, lucky it's a clear night. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's got streaks of light in the sky. God, that's amazing. That's what was happening back in 1947, at precisely the time these sightings happened in the USA. And there were UFO sightings in Europe at the same time, as the meme developed more and more people told their stories. But, um, so what you're saying, Grayson, is that there were no aliens, just fragments of rock hurtling through the solar system? Yes and no. Well, explain. The development of the Nazis' V1 and V2 rockets prompted the Allies to develop better and better radar. 
so they could achieve pre-warning of any incoming rockets. You've got to remember that the German rockets were the first to break into the upper atmosphere and space. They went all the way up, they came all the way down. So better radar with greater range was needed. That meant they could see meteor showers in greater detail. Often, there would be a warning of an incoming V2, and no rocket would appear. It was just a minor meteor. And? And, as I said, at the time, people were worried the Russians were putting up secret craft to spy on America or even attack it. So the radar coverage was extensive. Records show that there was intense media activity in June and July of 1947. So the flying saucers were small bits of rock burning up in the atmosphere at tremendous speed. That's the theory. Oh, well, I suppose that makes sense, kind of, in an unromantic, practical way. (laughs) I mean, you couldn't base a movie on it, but it sounds plausible. But what I'm saying is the records exist from England which show an anomaly. What kind of anomaly? Possible meteor strike where you are on Roswell Farm. A possible meteor strike? But what do you mean? I mean, it could also be the entry of an alien craft into the Earth's atmosphere and its landing. But there were no sightings and no wreckage. Why should there be wreckage? Why is it that we persist in believing that these supposedly super-intelligent aliens who've managed to travel billions of miles safely always get the last bit wrong? They're so inept that they can get here, but they can never land in one piece. (laughs) I see what you mean, but I I never thought of it that way before. One craft would get through, one craft would land, and its crew would... Would what? Hide in plain sight. You mean here, in South Mims, at the Roswell Farm? Yes. But the coincidence, Roswell, New Mexico and Roswell, Hertfordshire, that's just preposterous. Not if the aliens had made a tiny mistake. What kind of mistake? They chose Roswell Farm, England, sent two craft, and one of them went to the wrong Roswell and crashed. (laughs) That's outlandish, Grayson. Outlandish, but possible. In fact, logical. When you're billions of miles away, it's a tiny mistake. So there could have been two craft. Or your aliens went to Roswell, New Mexico first, realized that it was practically desert, and then turned around and went to England. Well, maybe aliens prefer England to America. I wouldn't be surprised. Have you seen the state of our politics? So, so wait a minute. Um, that means that... Uh... It means the Fjaldhals aren't Norwegian or Swedish or Finnish. You mean they're... Aliens. Aliens in plain sight. Aliens making confectionery? The fact they've revived the flying saucer is a sign. A sign of what? Of something zesty and sweet about to happen. (laughs) Like what? I don't know, but that's for you to find out. (laughs) Well, thank you, Grayson. I I really am going to investigate this further. Good luck. It might be the start of a new era of world peace, like in the day the Earth stood still. What, the 1951 movie? Yes, it was a plea for world peace. The aliens come down because of all the atomic bomb tests and try to tell humans to live together in harmony. Well, I don't think the Fjaldals are worried about that. They might be. Talk to them. Well, I will. Well, thank you, Grayson. Thank you very much. Good luck. Get me some pictures. And a supply of flying saucer candy. Oh, brilliant. Well, it's early morning, and I'm back at the main gate of Roswell Farm, South Mims. 
Um, I think I can hear the cows being taken to the milking shed. I'm just moving around to what looks like a side gate. Ah, cameras. I didn't expect those. Can I help you, young lad? Oh, it's you again. Uh, hello, Archie. Still doing your uh, peepot? Uh, podcast, yes, still doing it. I, I was wondering if... Well, you told uh, the missus about your peepod radio. Uh, you did? Intrigued her, it did. She said, um, a peepot? Sounds intriguing, it does. Is that what she actually said? Mr. Eder is away on business, but she'll have a word with you. Ida Fjaldal is away. Gone, um, abroad, let's say. Abroad? He flew it last night. Really? Uh, did you see the meteor shower? Round these parts you can't but see it. Beautiful it was. The majesty of the cosmos, I calls it. Come in, come in. Oh, um, oh, those, those clouds are, are they glowing? Pray no mind to them. It's milking time, so we can make our chocolate snacks. But they're, uh, they're glowing. Them's a special breed. It's what makes our products taste so good. You come this way. Well, dear listener, I've entered what I thought would be the kind of kitchen you'd find in a regular farm. But instead, it's a large, sleek room that looks and feels rather like a laboratory. Now you sit there. The messes will be here in just a moment. It's cool in here, and there's a violet tinge to the subdued lighting. Across one side of the space is a large workbench, and, and I can see boxes of the Roswell Farm flying saucer candy. And on the other side is, well, I, I don't know quite what that is, but if I can go a little closer... Oh! It's a tank full of fish. Tiny goldfish. Only they're not gold or orange, they're green. And so you are the young gentleman of the podcast, yes? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, or as Archie calls it, the, uh, the peapod. <laughs> Archie is a colourful but simple soul. <laughs> yes, I, I suppose he is. A faithful one too. Oh, I'm sure he is. I think you come seeking enlightenment. Enlightenment? Well, I suppose I do. At least some answers to some simple questions. No questions are simple. Well, perhaps not, but... um, You are wondering why I look so young, yes? I wasn't, actually, but, but now you mention it. If I came here to this farm in 1947, then I should be at least 90 years old. And yet... You don't look 90. And yet I look as if I'm still in my 20s. Yes, yes you do. I'm not seeking compliments. You do look remarkably young. We have been here 77 years, and very few of the residents of South Mims have seen us. Which is why the farm has a uh, slightly... um, Dubious reputation. I I suppose so. Uh, Well, people around here put it down to you being um, Norwegian. We are not Norwegian. Well, you you look a bit Norwegian. A bit? Slightly. Pale skin, tall, thin frame, six fingers. Oh my God! You do... You actually have six fingers? On both hands. Oh, well, that's that's slightly uh, creepy. 
Oh, a, a tad. Then they smash them whole two bits. Then they smash them whole two bits. Oh, excuse me, this is Idur. I will message. I am busy at the moment. Well, don't you talk to him telepathically? <laughs> that is patently silly. You watch too many sci-fi movies. <laughs> yes, probably I, I do. So, shall I take off my sunglasses? Uh, well, I was wondering why you were wearing sunglasses, I mean, in this gloom. There. Oh. The one thing your human imagination got right was the shape of our eyes. I'm, well, um, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm... Dumbfounded, nonplussed, smacked in the gob. Well, gobsmacked, yes. <laughs> but calm, you have an inner calm. The capacity to accept what is real, even though it seems surreal. That's what we like about the people here in South Mims. Which is why you stayed. Yes, we took one look at America and left it at the speed of light, literally. <laughs> For South Mims? For little innocuous South Mims, yes. And you set up a confectionery company. I mean, why did you do that? Human beings are unique in the universe for their sweet tooth. We see it as a way to achieve global harmony. Global harmony through sugar? Oh, no, no, not sugar, but Nurian sprinkles. Nurian sprinkles? Observe the fish. They shed little crystals as they swim. You see? Yes, yes, I do. It's like, um, salt. It's a sweet substance from our planet. So these are alien fish? Yes. Alien to you, but not to us. And how's that the key to global harmony? Combine it with specially cultivated cow's milk and you affect the parts of the human brain which are susceptible to fear and conspiracy theories and, well, conflict. So that's what's in your confectionery flying saucers? It is indeed, and we want the world to know, finally. For this, my dear fellow, is a critical time for the world. Our plan is a simple one. Exploit the sweet tooth of your species to alter its brain chemistry and promote peace. Through candy? Have you a better plan? Um, no. No, I don't. We could have come with great speeches or cute little E.T.-like creatures to try and persuade you, but you would not have listened. Instead, we provide instant gratification as a means to go to the root of the problem. The way your brains have evolved. On our planet, we were luckier. You got the short evolutionary straw. We are here to help. That's amazing. So broadcast the message. Generate the meme. Unleash the social media virus. And we shall see what happens. So I, I, I can use this recording? Please do. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. And here, have the box of flying saucers. Oh, thank you very much. That was and is life-changing. And I hope it is for you too. Please go out and get yourself some of their flying saucer candy. And let's save the human race. Goodbye.
from Roswell, South Mims.